We are starting our study here, but we've got a bunch of questions out there. And uh, so yeah. one of the questions was, um, Debbie yeah, wanted to know, when yet. was the Lord returning? And I yeah. said, I, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and, yeah, right? and I will say that as we're going up, I'll say, got the answer to the question. It's now. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. You had a question. Okay, so... It, ha- it starts out with therefore. Therefore. Ooh. Well, can you tell me, therefore, right. can you tell so, me where it is? It's Romans, Romans what? 12, 12, 12, 1 and 2. 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I didn't know if you had therefore any other verses in there. Yeah. Well, so I decided, okay, I'm going to just jog right through 11 really quick. Yeah, you should. All right. So it's about Israel. It is. All right. In fact, uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11 are all about Israel. And uh, Romans, and just, just because, yeah. I, you know, yeah, just since past. this is your question, past, present, present and future, and you've future. heard me teach have, this before, yeah. haven't you? Yes, sir. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Okay, so, let's see, my question is, and shoot, I can't find it because I was using another Bible. I already had this. Give me an idea hard. what it's about. What, but it was about... Uh, partially, partially what, what, hardening, hardening the the Israel's heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until the fullness of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. I have so, that underlined. Okay. So that's probably gonna you know um, to get the context. You need What's to go to verse eleven. Twenty-five. Okay. Yeah, it's in twenty-five, but you need to go to eleven to get the context. Oh, and Romans. 25? Romans eleven, eleven, not 11, seven, eleven, but eleven, eleven. Although 7-11 is a good verse as well, but we're in 11-11. So if you get your Bibles there and you're listening here on the website, it's uh, Romans 11, verse 11. And uh, he starts off and he says, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, that they there is the nation of Israel. You've got to know that. That's very important because that's going to give you context. I could go back and show you, you know, that the whole 9, 10, and 11 is dealing with the nation of Israel. In fact, if you will look at chapter 9, you'll see it's dealing with Israel because uh, 9, 1, he says, I'm telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. That I have great sorrow and unceasing grief, for I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And he talks about all things they have. So 9, 10, and 11 is a historical section and a prophetical section talking about the nation of Israel. And, uh, you know, in other words, and, and the reason he's doing that, I mean, if you want to see, let's go back. You know, Debbie, because you're asking the right question when you see it, therefore, what's it there for? Is um, if you look at Romans 8, 37 through 39. Romans and if, Yeah, it's one right before Romans 9. <laughs> but in all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquer. We overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The question might be asking, so what happened to Israel? Did he throw them under the bus? And then he starts talking about Israel. And that's where he starts saying, but I'm telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. So nine is Israel's past. Ten is Israel's present. 
and 11 is Israel's future. And you'll start off in chapter 11 with verse one. Very important verse. You start off there. He says, I say them. Well, get 1021 and you'll see that you'll see the connection because you, he's writing this and you've got to flow, flow with the thought. But as for Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. God did that throughout the entire Old Testament. In fact, who did he did it, do it in the fullness? Jesus. He came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. I believe that's 1, 11, and 12, John 1, 11, and 12. <clears throat> Chapter 11, he says this. I say then, in light of what he's just said in 21, you're, if you read just 21, you'd say, well, yeah, he's, he's gotten rid of them. Yeah, he's done with, he's them. Done with them. They're disobedient, obstinate people. There is no hope for the nation of Israel. I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? And then he says, meg anointa. Meg anointa, in your verses, or in the English Bible, it says, may it never be. Meg anointa is the... Um, is it's it's the uh, most um, dramatic, dynamic, absolute hell no that you can say in Greek. Yeah, it's got a big explanation point. Yeah, it's like saying hell no. Now I, I'm not saying that to be flippantly cussing or anything like that. But when yet you when you hear that, you know there is no way in God's green earth. That that'll ever happen. That's what that's what Paul's saying. Meganoita. But a lot of churches say that he's going to put the oh sure they do. And the church is taking the place. Non dispensational yeah, churches non-dial. would say that. Yep. Yes, they would. Amen. So let's read on. May it never be. For I too am an Israelite. There, what are we talking about? The Jews, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. He he's pretty proud of his Jewishness. He he knows he's a descendant of Abraham. Starts with Abraham. And he was in Benjamin's tribe. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says in this passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they've killed your prophets. They've torn down your altars. I alone am left and they are seeking my life. You remember Elijah was up in the, remember when I, I, I taught through um, uh, Elijah he was up in the northern kingdom, and it was they'd gone apostate. And they weren't willing to respond to him, and you know, he had to bring down fire on the altar and all that sort of stuff. First Kings, you'll find that story 19, I think it is. He says, Lord, they've killed your prophets, they've torn down your altars, and I alone, and they tore down not only his, their altars, but they erected altars to Baal. And they are seeking my life. But what is the divine response to him? And, 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 it, and Paul asks, what does he say to Elijah? He, he can't deny what he's doing, but notice what he says. I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. All right? In the same way, there has also come to be at the present time a remnant. That's a key word here. A remnant. And you're going to see this uh, as we go through this chapter to answer yeah. Debbie's question which will probably be the whole study, a remnant according to God's gracious choice. God's always got a remnant, always. But if it is by grace, 
It is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. When you add works in, it's not grace. And that's what, that's what uh, when people use, um, put adjectives before faith, like saving faith, genuine faith, uh, true faith, working faith. There's all those things in there. In other words, it's faith plus something, and therefore it's no longer grace. And uh, that's one of the uniquenesses of our church, the Promise Fellowship, is it is grace, faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone. He goes on to say, What then? What Israel is seeking, it is not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened, just as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to see and not ears to hear not, down to this very day. Then, and David says, let their table become a snare and a trap. This is from one of the Psalms. Uh, and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. I say that. Now, let's just stop for a minute. That sounds pretty mean. But what did Jesus say in the 12th, is it 12th chapter of Matthew? Let me see. Let me think. Uh, yes. I believe it to be the, maybe the 11th chapter. But Matthew 11, where he, where he says, um, they commit the unpardonable sin. Okay? They commit the unpardonable sin, which was, in, in Matthew, attributing the miraculous works of Jesus to Satan. And, what the, and, and the reason it was unpardonable is here was the, the power of the Spirit through the, the, the power of the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, through the Son of God, in accordance with the Father of God, giving, attesting miracles, and they were rejecting it. I mean, raising dead people, healing sick people, Jesus Christ himself doing all that. And they rejected Israel. 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 The leadership of Israel. There were, there were individual Jews, to be sure, that rejected. And that's key to know when we go in this passage. Yeah. But he said, and if you look in, I believe it to be it's Matthew, uh, or, uh, Luke 22 or Luke 24, where he talks about, uh, you know, uh, the, the vineyard owner said, you know, I'll let my, these people do it, and I'll come back and run it. And then, you know, I, they, and they, they kill, they kill and, and he said, well, I'll send my son, surely, and they kill him. And then it says, I believe it's Luke 22, he says, he says, he says therefore, and he said it to the Pharisees, this generation will not be, and it will be taken and given to a future generation of the nation of Israel, Okay. God said, that's it, it's over. You're, and that's what he said in the unpardonable sin. Uh, the consequences of that sin, you will not be able to overcome. In 70 AD, the consequences of that rejection of Christ came in and they lost their nation. Okay? So with that as backdrop, we continue reading. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. May Ganoid is cussing a lot during this passage. <laughs> but by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, remember what we talked about in uh, the meeting of the church on Saturday when I was talking about, you know, he says, don't count this as slowness. Count this as patience or long-suffering toward you. And so God's not returned. And the reason he's not returned, he's being patient with us. He's given us long suffering. That if there are those that have not repented, that are living in sin, then you've got more time. Because once I come back, 
You don't have any more time to be loyal and faithful to me and get words. It's all over. And I'm going to reward you in the, day, in, in the millennial kingdom on how faithful you were to me in this life. Mm-hmm. All right? So he says there, now, if their, their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? If we get all this good stuff, how much more will they be? Notice what he said, their fulfillment be. That, now, notice he says, how much, I'm in verse 12, how much more will, will their fulfillment be? In other words, how much more has, will their ful- fulfillment have been? No, be its future. future. Yeah. It's a future fulfillment. But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles. And as much, and it, he's writing to Roman believers. And as much then as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. In other words, that I, I want to get as many Gentiles I, as I can because he did this, it says in verse 11, to make them jealous. When they see all these Gentiles coming to know oh, Jesus yes, Christ. They're saying, wait a minute, we're God's chosen people. You still individually can believe in Jesus if you want to. You've got to wait for a future fulfillment, but as an individual, you can believe in Jesus and and start racking up works and be a part of the millennial kingdom. All right, that's what he's talking about so far. He says um, in verse 14, if some of my movement jealousy, my fellow countrymen, and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? In other words, they will get, uh, you know, if, if their reconci- what will their reconciliation? Uh, for if their Jews, okay. rejection is reconciliation of the world, and, you know, reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 or 21, I can't remember which one it is. You know, it says, but God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our own trespasses against us. There's your words in there. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump also is. In other words, if you've got a lump of dough that's holy, you pull a piece off, it's still a part of the dough that was holy. That's the way it is, all right? Um, And also, if the root is holy, the branches are too. The root is what the one that produces the holiness. Now, he's going in, he's talking about roots and branches here. And so he's using, um, and, and, and roots and branches, don't think tree, but think what in this culture probably? Vines. Of what type? Grapevines. Uh, Grapevines. Grape yeah. Grapevines. Oh, sure. Because, they, you know, they're all familiar with grapevines, the growing. Vineyards. Yeah, the vineyards and all that. They're familiar with all of that stuff. That's all right. Now read on to what, what, what he says. He says, um, uh, but if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive, he's also thinking of olive trees, mm-hmm. you know, branches, a wild olive, there's olive trees everywhere, just like there are branches, were grafted in among them, among what? The vine. The, the, the vine or the tree, you know, whatever you're the talking holy about. One. The holy one, you know. And, and became partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree. In other words, so you've got an olive tree, you got the roots, and you got all these branches up here, and these are, um, and these are, it's it's a Jewish tree, but then a group of the Jews, the leadership primarily, they reject Christ. So 
he breaks off some of those branches. And what does he do with the Gentiles? He does what? He grafts us. And you do that with grapevines. You do that with olive trees. You have grafting. You know, where you cut and then you put another, you wrap it, yeah, wrap it together and it grows together. And guess what? The branch receives nutrients from what? The holy root. The holy root, yeah. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive, there were wild olive trees and cultivated trees then, were grafted in among them and became partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant. Oh, well, look at us. We're the people of God now. Toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root. Think about it. Oh. I support the whole tree. And all yeah. you are is a branch. Yeah. That's arrogant. Mm-hmm. No, the roots are supporting the tree. The root of God supports the whole tree. Well, what I like he, how it's, it's italic. The remember is italic. No, I can't say that word. Italic? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that because, hey, this is, this is basic foundational belief. Foundational beliefs, yeah. right. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Mm -hmm. Quite right. They were broken off for their what? They didn't believe. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe. But you stand by what? Your belief. And I don't have my Greek text here, but I think it's the, it's the same. It often happens this way. There's the, the a verbal form of faith or belief is pistuo. Pistos is just the noun. So I think he's using pistos in both these. So it would be believe. And I, I would put it this way, um, uh, where he says, quite right, you were, broken off, uh, you were broken off because they were unconvinced or unpersuaded. You might say it that way. So that um, and, and you were unconvinced or unbelieved, but you stand by your faith, do not be your conviction, do not be conceited, but fear. Fear. Why should you fear? Because it's very possible that any of us could stop pursuing Christ. Yes. Doesn't mean we will not be saved. We'll be saved, as is Israel will be saved. But there's a loss of reward. There's a loss of reward. So a loss this, of reward. Oh, go ahead. A loss of reward. That reward. But what about the other rewards you still have? Those you mean that you initially not negated? I don't think so. Now I'm not going to be dogmatic on it, but okay. you know I don't think so. Okay. You know I don't think so. Okay. But any Debbie, you're going to oh, say something? Fear is yeah. that reverence? Where are yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah okay. like you know wait a minute, let's not toy with God. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, right. it's, it's yeah it's just kind of like you know let's if not you go. Lose your reverence, you've lost. Yeah, like you know when you get up in the morning, okay, Lord, this is you've given me another day. Am I going to spend it all on me? Or am I going to spend a little time in your word and in prayer with you? Mm-hmm. Am I going to think about sharing my faith today? Am I going to think about, you know, the, the magnificent seven of Second Peter 1, you know, where he starts off about, you know, you know moral, moral excellence and goes all the way through love, agapao. Am I going to try to manifest those qualities today? Fruit of the Spirit, am I going to walk? Am I going to live as if, you are my boss, and you being my boss, you're responsible to provide, protect everything else for me. Or am I going to worry, oh, gee, i got to take care of myself. 
That was the greatest part. And, uh, and you know, you, you can act, well, anybody can if you buy the book, but because Rick got, has it, uh, chapter three of Tony's book on the names of God, mm-hmm. Adonai, where mm-hmm. he talks about, let me tell you what that means. It means boss. It means master. <laughs> it was a slave term. Yes. And, you know, the boss, you know, the slave, you know, slaves, they had to do everything their boss asked. Yes. And in, in a, in a, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to dignify slavery and all that. It was a horrible institution, you know, but it was responsible for the master, and which goes back before American slavery, that had to provide. He would provide. He'd take care of his slaves, supposed to. Some weren't, and I know if yeah, you're listening, yeah. I'm not advocating slavery. It's a horrible institution, and I've got to do this living in a woke society. Uh, but anyway, no, I, I, slavery was terrible. It was inhumane. It was ungodly. But if, if, if you've got a master, if you've got a boss, I will take care of you is what that says. It means I'll provide, I'll protect, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you peace if you'll let me do that. So in an idyllic way. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, right, God being our boss, all right. But yeah. you see what the average Christian wants to do. It was like I was talking to, um, I was talking to this about to Carl, either at a lunch or at the Promise Fellowship. I was talking about, Carl, can you imagine if you got up early in the morning and you saw, you know, your oldest kid um, putting on his coat and his hat and getting ready to go outside? And you say, where are you going, man? He said, well, I got a paper route. You got a paper route? What do you have a paper route for? Well, Dad. I got to earn some money or I won't eat. What do you mean you won't eat? Well, you don't eat unless you got money. Son, you're my son. You don't have to do it to eat. I will feed you. I will take care of you. I'm responsible. You mean I don't have to do it? No, I'm your father. What a good example. I'll take care of you. I don't live like that all the time. I know we don't. Here, here. I don't, but, but that's it. And so if you've got, read Rick's third chapter of Adonai. It's amazing because he talks about three people that demonstrate that. Abraham, Moses, and Gideon. Remember Gideon, great story? I get 30,000 men up. Yeah, well, you need to have them go down there. And, you, know, you need to take a few out. Gets them down to 300. Why? He says, Gideon, I just need you to get the men together. I'm fighting the battle. Such a good picture. Isn't it though? Yes. And then Moses. You know, Moses, you know, Moses, oh my goodness. You know, I, he probably stuttered. He's a stutterer. I can't, I'm going to go to the most powerful man and, and all the, my people, go, Pharaoh's going to laugh me out of the court. And God says, oh, wait a minute. Let me ask something. Who made your mouth, Moses? Who made your mouth? So I tell you what, I'll take care of that. God had mercy on him. Oh, he had he mercy on everybody. Right he doesn't have mercy, but, but you see, he's the one. Moses chose to go look at the bush. He was moving toward God. Abraham was moving toward God. Gideon was a nobody. Mm-hmm. And he was moving toward God. Mary and Joseph, um, you know, Lord, I mean, you know, I'm really? Well, and I can bring it down to me? Yeah. Why? We, yeah, we can bring it down. To, I mean, I you, mean ourselves. You, you always didn't say, God, you're responsible. You're responsible. For here right now? Yeah, you're responsible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's read on because we can maybe get to your question. I don't know if you've answered it yet. <laughs> I'm just teaching. I'm going to teach you. I'm teaching all of Romans, you know. So See, this is what God wanted us to do, right? It does relate to Satan. Yeah, it does. It does relate. It absolutely, it does. All right, read on. So I forgot where I stopped off. Um, okay, quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but be reverent, be fearful. For if God did not spare the natural branches, and that is what is known as discipline. Remember, broken off, think of it as pruning. Pruning. And where do you also see pruning taught in the Bible? John 15, you're the vine, I'm the branches. And those that are, those that are not, he lifts up, he doesn't throw in, and he, and he prunes, he prunes. He says, I prune so you might bear more fruit. Now, <clears throat> behold the, then the kindness and the severity of God. To those who fell, severity, but to you, kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will be cut off too. There's still discipline that can come in our lives. Mm. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, talks about that. God disciplines his children. And those he loves. That's what he says. Those yeah. whom he loves, he disciplines. And, is, yeah. and it says discipline is not a joy. It's sorrowful for the moment. It hurts. It, no one likes to be disciplined. <clears throat> so, uh, verse 23, I think. Yes. Uh, or behold the kind, uh, yeah, verse 23. And they also, if they, do, if, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. If they do not continue in their unbelief, mm -hmm. all they need to do, either individually or nationally, and remember there's two types, because we're going to see that taught in just a moment. Uh, any individual Jew can still be saved. You know, from then all the way up to today. We're talking about national, because there has to be national repentance. And that will happen when we see in Zechariah 12 and also in Matthew 24, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. They will realize, oh my gosh, our forefathers killed Messiah. And then they will believe. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature and into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? It's, that's where they came from. They're just going back. Mm -hmm. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of the mystery. Now, what is a mystery? Something you don't, hmm. Something you don't know about. You, you... A mystery yeah, is this. Definition. You might have clues, but you don't know where it's okay, I'll give you a definition. A mystery is something previously concealed, yeah. now yeah. revealed. Oh, I've heard that before. Where have you yeah. heard that? <laughs> Guilty. You know. So he's telling them this mystery. Now, this, he's revealing a mystery. Mm -hmm. God's known this all along. And Paul may have known it because he's hung out with Jesus and Jesus taught him. So that you will not be wise in your own estimation, i.e. conceited like he said. Yeah. Notice, I'm going to misread this. Tell me where I misread this verse. All right, you got to look at the verse. Okay. So, the, um, uh, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation for a complete hardening has happened to Israel. No, no, no. no, no, no. Partial. Partial. Yes. Partial. A partial hardening. That was part of my question, too. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is that partial? So articulate hardening? your question. 
Yeah. Define what, what, what is partial hardening? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, any Jew can be saved individually, but there's nationally, oh, those religiously, yeah, yeah. there was a hardening that took place in order that the Gentiles might be grafted in, yes. but God will in the future come back to the nation of Israel and they will believe. During the tribulation. He will come. Do that? Yes, during the tribulation, most of them will be, you know, but, and at the very end of the tribulation, they will look on him. Two reasons, I've told you this, y'all know this. Two reasons for the tribulation. Number one is to punish the unbelieving Gentile nations and to prepare Israel for the return of the Messiah, which he does at the end of the tribulation. That's where they look upon him whom they pierced. Uh, partial. So which nation should we go to? <laughs> Well, we're going to be raptured. Yeah, that's oh, right. Well, that's right. Yeah. That a partial heart. But that's why in, look, look, look over back, back to 2 Peter. Turn to 2 Peter 3. Look how your Bible just went to 2 Peter. Because that's where I've been spending all my hours the past. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. All my hours, uh, you know, in there. But he said, you know, he's talking about, uh, you know, he, he says, um, notice what he says in verse 12. Looking far and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt through intense heat. Now, that means we need to be looking forward to the tribulation. Number one is, because we're not going to be here, Mm -hmm. but what happens at the end of the tribulation? Our rewards. Mm. Our rewards. So the sooner we get through that seven-year tribulation, the sooner we get all of rewards. Some people say it happens... While we're in heaven, some people happen to say that the judgment takes place on earth as the millennial kingdom begins. I, I, I'm now, not is gonna... that the Armageddon where, it's, where it talks about the heavens being destroyed by burning? Is that, I mean, how's, it's not global warming. Well, if you, no, it's not global warming. This, this, is, this is spiritual warming, divine warming, theological warming, not global warming. No, if you'll look, if you, not, not that we have time to do it now because we've got to get back to Romans here. But if you look at the trumpet judgments and then look at the one bowl judgment, most of the trumpet judgments, let's see, I think four of the trumpet judgments in Revelation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at least one bowl judgment is fire. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's so there's intense... There's a conflagration going on. There is a purifying of the earth during the tribulation. But, see, I take the day of the Lord um, in a a very broad sense. It begins with the uh, tribulation, I mean, the the rapture. It comes right after the rapture. We're gone. The day of the Lord, day of judgment begins. Then you got seven-year tribulation. Mm -hmm. I believe it continues for a thousand years during the millennium. Oh, the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord. I believe it continues through the millennium because what is, what is going on during the millennium? Evil is being suppressed. Right. I mean, the earth is being rejuvenated because mm-hmm. most of it, a lot of it's been burned up during the tribulation. You know, it's being, you know, rejuvenated and all that sort of stuff. And then finally, at the very end, you've got in Revelation, the 20th chapter, you've got the lake of fire and all that sort. There's another burning that takes place. But in that thousand years, Satan's—he's bound. He's jailed. He's jailed. He's in. He's in. He's he is in. Remember, and we've talked about this—that the abyss is what's called hell. 
The lake of fire is what's forever. And remember the swine said, oh, don't throw us into the abyss now. They know they're going into the abyss, but right now they're, they're running loose on this earth. Yeah. And they, he said, and he didn't, and so he threw them into the pigs. But they will be thrown into the abyss at, you know, at the, in Revelation, the 20th chapter, and then right after that, the eternal state begins. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So tribulation, millennium, eternal state. Okay, back to uh, Romans, the 11th chapter. We've got approximately 15 minutes left. Hmm. For uh, he says, for I do not want you, to, uh, you brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. What is the fullness of the Gentiles? I think that might have been your question. Yes. Now, someone read. I'm going to ask a couple of people. Uh, Debbie, go to Luke yes. 21, 24. Pat, would you go to John 10:16? And Carolyn, would you go to a Romans, you got the easy one, 11, 12. <laughs> Romans 11, 12. Mary, yes. you got skipped. I'm oh, sorry. That's okay. You get to listen. <laughs> so what, is, what, is, what does it say in Luke 21, 24? Okay, the left hand's Okay. <laughs> left hand's not okay, talking about it. Okay, here we go. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all, okay, what? Maybe we should go to the verse before because it says, woe to those. Yeah. You can get that if you want okay. to. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days for there will be great distress upon the land. Okay, what are we talking about? What period? People. What period? Tribulation. Tribulation. And they will fall by the edge of the swords and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Okay, the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled, all right? Go, read yours, uh, Pat. Ten, is it ten, ten, sixteen. Okay, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Now, John Nimala thinks that he's talking about um, other sheep in uh, other Jews in Israel. And I do think that's a valid interpretation, you know, not just Judeans or something like that. I think that you can also extrapolate that and you could also say, I've got other, I'm going to bring Gentiles into the flock as right, well. Right. I think you can do both. Uh, I do think John's interpretation, he, he, he says that's not talking about Gentiles. And mm. I do think that that, that has, uh, I, I think that's a valid interpretation, Carolyn. Now, if their transgressions is, riches for the world and their failure is the riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Okay, the fulfillment of the Gentiles is this period uh, from um, uh, the rejection of the nation of Israel, you know, when Paul started taking the gospel to the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. and it is a time period, the fullness of the time of the Gentiles is a time period when Gentiles, a certain number of Gentiles will be saved, and when, when that number has been saved, then he raptures the church. Now, some people have, uh, and, and I think there's some good reason to believe this. John has, all, has advocated this, as a, and John's not dogmatic about this, but he said when uh, the church is no longer useful mm. on this earth, mm. then God will take the church out. And, he, and, and I think God knows that the church is going to be, and it, it's like that, that radio show that you're listening to, 
that you know the churches are doing that. Andy Stanley is is moving toward a false teacher if he's not one already. And, uh, you know, they're everywhere. And so, you know, there are they're, they're pockets of people that are teaching the Bible, but most of them you don't see on TV and they're not well-known names or anything like that. But the gospel is still being taught. And so that, therefore, the time of the Gentiles is probably still going to continue for a while if you, as long as you've got faithful teachers of the gospel. Go ahead. No, I'm just... Oh, I thought you were pointing to your no, verse. No, I'm just listening. Oh, okay. You're listening. And... I do remember you saying that before about the usefulness of the church. Yeah, and the church is losing its usefulness the on this earth. and quickly. You know, and that's, that's what Cynthia was saying. He says, and, you know, what about those people that blew up our church? And here's a church that was speaking out against, that was salt and light. Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, in, in a very Satan verbal way. Satan loved it. He loved it. Satan, Satan had a heyday. He did. But he always needs a spokesperson. But he doesn't uh, win. He never wins, but he always needs a spokesperson to destroy a church. Yeah, and yeah. I'll stop it at that. Okay. Uh, notice what he goes on to say. That a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. Where are we? Uh, we're in verse 26. All Israel will be saved just as it is written. In other words, it's written in the Old Testament. His is the New Testament. And he says, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. When I take away their sins. Now, when he starts talking about covenant, what is he talking about? The new covenant, Jeremiah 31, 33. Jeremiah 31, 33. Now, what was he doing at the Last Supper? He, he, it was, behold, a new covenant. He was what? Ratifying the new covenant, not enacting the new covenant. You can ratify a covenant and it can be enacted some later time. Okay, here's the covenant. For instance, I'll give you an example. I don't know if this is a good example, so tell me if you don't think it is. You can sign the papers to buy a house or to sell a house. But there's 30 days till you actually get the house. Ratified, enacted. Mm -hmm. So he's ratifying it with those 11 Jewish apostles. It will be enacted when Christ comes back to the nation of Israel. Okay? That's what he's talking about. From the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies. For your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for their fathers. Say, who are their fathers? Who are the fathers? Abraham, Isaac, mm-hmm. Jacob, and Joseph. Mm-hmm. Because he made a promise to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Made it to Isaac. Made it to Jacob. Made it to Joseph. For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts, the gift of the land. The calling to be his people. They are not reversible. They're irrevocable. What is it? You've heard the term irrevocable trust. What does that mean? Can't be changed. Can't be changed. Can't take it it away. Yeah, you can't take any stuff. It's irrevocable. Irrevocable trust. Well, that's what we've got here. Irrevocable. For just as you once were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience, Gentiles, Romans 1, So these also now have been disobedient that because of the mercy shown to you, they also may be shown mercy. God is a God of mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. 
For God has shut up all in disobedience. Gentiles are disobedient. Jews are disobedient. Nobody can say, oh, well, you need to let me in. So that, they may sh- so that he may show mercy to all. And then he says, oh, the depth of the riches. Notice the adjectives used there. Of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Can't understand God. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who's become God's God? God, if you ever get confused about anything, you don't know what to do, just give me a call, I'll fill you in. (laughs) (laughs) Or who has first given to him that he might be paid back to him again? God, I'll loan you a thousand bucks, but I'm expecting it back. For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever, amen. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the what? Mercies. Mercies. Didn't we just see mercy, 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 mercy? Yeah. I urge you therefore. You got mercy. Jews got mercy. Everybody's got mercy. I urge you therefore by the mercies of God to do the only logical, rational, non-stupid thing you can do. Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And please, not like most of those idiots out there. That is the Winston translation. (laughs) Be conformed to this world. Remember what John says, for all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, both for part of life, is all being passing away. And what does it say in 2 Peter? I can get there pretty quick because my Bible is just opens to that, you know. Notice, notice um, what, what he says here in, um, oh, it's three, oh yeah, um, 310. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed. I don't think that's the periodic table. I think that's earth, wind, fire, and all that because they didn't have the periodic table when Peter wrote this. Will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in what? Holy conduct and godliness. Actions and attitude. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's talking about. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove, demonstrate what the will of God is. And what he's saying is, someone that walks with God, that seeks to do God's will, you want to demonstrate, you're a person, you're a visual Mm -hmm. demonstrator. You are Satan's worst nightmare. Because you walk around, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of setbacks, even in the midst of calamity, and says, I will not deny my God. And that's what he says. And what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. How many think every minute of your life has been good? <laughs> how many think every, every, every minute of your life has been acceptable? How about how many think that... Your life's been perfect. But he's saying, for we know that God causes all to work together for the good to them that love him, called according. Now, I believe that that all is not just individual, it's corporal. Mm-hmm. And not right, right 
present in your Romans lifetime 8, right now. It could be yeah. 10 years yeah. from now could when be. I'm gone yeah. to be with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So. Well, you don't know that. I mean, yeah. Right, I know, but I mean, it could... I mean, you know something we don't know? No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, and the, the very first chapter of our book mm-hmm. was about the mind. Yeah, it's important. So yeah, I was just... That... that Well, and that's where the battle is. I mean, you know, he put he says put on that in in Ephesians the sixth chapter, put on the what helmet of salvation to protect your head. Yeah, and and it's important because that's where the battle begins up here. Yeah, it begins up here. Satan gets you thinking, you know, God's holding out on you. That's what he did with Eve. Oh, amen. And that's what he does with us. You know, when he starts saying, you know, God, God won't protect you. God won't provide for you. God won't do this. You're listening to the evil one. And that's where you've got to, I think, talk to your soul and say, no, okay, God, I know this is stupid, but you said you provide, mm-hmm. protect, you, you, you direct, you do all these things, chapter three in Tony's book. You do all these things. I'm gonna believe you. I don't see how you're gonna do that, but I'm gonna believe you for it. And I'm gonna rejoice when you do that. Please hurry up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> but how about the timing? Yeah. <laughs> but if I've got any input in the timing now. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've gone 45 minutes. That was so good. That was really I am good. sorry. Don't be sorry. I loved it. No, no, no. Remember, I'm like Lazarus. Just oh. show me a Bible passage, yeah. loose me, and let me go. 